Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are just little darlings, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So, Jonah, I was thinking, you know, we've talked before about some of your kind of failed business ideas from when you were younger. And I think it might kind of be a genetic thing because, you know, our dad had some businesses that didn't quite work out for him. And I thought we could talk about that. Yeah, our dad had a bit of a transitional period, I think. He left his one job and then eventually started his own business. But I felt like in between. Right. There were some other things that didn't quite pan out. Speaking of panning out, uh, one was gold coins, I believe. Yeah, one was gold coins. He actually gave me the name of it. It was called Circle of Gold. Okay, already sounds like a scam. (laughs) Sounds like a full scam. It was a thing where like you bought gold coins and then, I don't know, you're just, they were investments or something, but then just probably someone was scamming him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that was circle of gold, huge. 
Yeah, I think it's also, I tried to look it up just now. I think it's like a young adult novel from 1984 also maybe um, inspired that business. If he'd invest in that book instead, he probably would have made more money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. that's true. Uh, and then we've talked about his, you know, he almost started this gyro company. Right. Um, or right. hero, or, you know, we had all of, the, all of the frozen hero stuff in, in the freezer for a long time. Looked like he didn't move forward with that, but that was a delicious period. And to be fair, he wouldn't have been starting the company. He would have been buying a franchise. Like the heroes existed. Right. He would have been buying Gyros. them and I guess reselling them from a store. Yeah. So we had a ton Never in really freezer. made it past the, the, the sample stage, but they gave us a lot, which is cool. Um, then... He had a magazine stand, I believe, in California with his friend Terry, who sadly passed away. Terry, Terry was a great guy. He he actually bought me a CD of Love's album Forever Changes when I was um, like a teenager, um, which is such a cool record. And so um, he was really into cool music. It's too bad. But they had a magazine stand somewhere in California. I think that, in Miami, actually. I oh, think he was Miami. living in Miami. It was in Miami. Yeah. So it sold magazines, I think, by the airport. And that's all I really know about it. He and our dad's friend, Mark, I think both invested in it. And I think I think what actually I'm remembering now what ended up happening is what they were. The reason it didn't really work out is because somehow he was getting shipped the magazines like later, like he was getting like uh, late edition magazines. I think dad's going to be pretty impressed that I remembered that. Yeah, I don't remember that really at all. And then the last one, um, of course, you remember this one very well is the Amway. Yes. Amway, we've talked about it, I think, on here before. He was selling Amway. I think it really showed up a lot in our childhood because for that six months or year that he was selling it, we were using primarily Amway products. The <laughs> toilet paper I had a lot of Amway. I think the brand was Artistry, a lot of Artistry cosmetics. I had, uh, you know, and then, as we've said, I, I would go to Barn Bot Mitzvahs and give everyone little booklets of Amway, um, the, the gifts I would give people instead of instead of gift cards like a normal kid would be little <laughs> booklets where they could pick an Amway gift to order. And yeah. they were all worth about $10 and they were all full pieces of shit. But honestly, <laughs> when you're a kid, there was some cool stuff in there. So anyways, he was involved in Amway for a while. And Look, that does work out for some people. Is yeah. it a pyramid scam scheme? Well, it's a Freudian slip. Uh, yes, <laughs> but also that yeah, that's for the lawyers yeah. to say, I guess. Yeah, and then but, years later, oh, go ahead. No, you go. Well, you came up with Surprise Enterprise. Is all I was going to say. Yes, and then years later, I came up with Surprise Enterprise, my own failed business. But also, in all seriousness, to our dad, uh, who's probably listening, you know, he just recently retired. He had a su very successful business. Yes. Packaging. We both worked there. I worked there a lot when I was like a teenager. So congratulations to him for retiring. You know, f he found something that that he was really successful at. And, you know, we all we all got to find our way. Exactly. He he had his own business. He he charted his own way. And um, we're very proud of him. Yes. Vanessa, do you want to introduce uh, today's guest who also charted her own way? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, right? I guess I guess if you didn't already know about her, you might have read about her in an incredible article that was just published in The New Yorker a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is an iconic performer. She's an actor. She's a singer. She's a comedian and a friend and a self-described alt-cabaret provocateur. Please welcome my good friend, Bridget Everett. Hi! Hey, Bridget! Hi, Bridget! <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I think my my New Year's resolution is to um, enunciate the ng at the end of words. So how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys watch that show Hometown on um, on um, 
HGTV? Yes. Erin always says, you know, I was watching it last night and she's always like, we're going to be changing the thing. I, it's, it's very, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm, cut that out. Fix it in post. Let's keep going. Joining me. It's a, a beautiful transition from your father's uh, packaging career to Vanessa eloquent introduction. And here I am like, just talk, I'm taking your whole podcast. It's not even, Toe's not even in the pool and I'm taking it already. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I do watch a lot of hometown. I, uh, how do you feel about the drawings she does? Do you like them? Do you feel like they're a little unnecessary? Well, I feel like the people that like have the house and you turn around like, and there's your drawing. Like it's a big prize. Are you talking about like the one that she does the house? Yeah. Like the sort of rendering and then she puts it up in their house. Yeah. And they probably feel like that they have to keep it there or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that that's less offensive than when she and her best friend do some sort of weird art piece that, you know, takes up an entire wall. Like last night, they, they, the, the episode I saw had like some big, some big, huge piece of artwork that they put in the bathroom. And I'm like, well, that's a, you're being very presumptuous about your arts and crafts on people's, you know, in their bathrooms while they're doing their private things. Yeah. <laughs> they really pack these houses full of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. stuff everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot of open floor plans. There's a lot of um, fun tiles that tie into window designs and all kinds of shit. Stuff. Yeah. Can I say shit? I can say shit, yes. right? Oh yeah. yeah. We love swears. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I did. I was not familiar with this show. It's an HGTV show for other listeners who haven't heard about it. Oh, yeah. And just to give a quick synopsis, a shared love of simple Southern living and revitalizing historic properties keeps Ben and Aaron Napier busy in their hometown of Laurel, Mississippi. That's the setting of this HGTV series, which follows the couple as they renovate turn of the century homes for first time buyers, young families and adults wishing to live close to their grandchildren. OK, so um, I've never seen it. But anyways, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> Look, I think that shows like HGTV, like anything on HGTV, any sort of Shark Tank, any sort of um, diners, drive-ins, and dives, these have been the comforts of the last two years for me. And I particularly hometown, I've spent a lot of time, I think I've watched every single episode more than once. And they make, you know, Ben makes like wood things, like, you know, tables. So talented. Yeah. So talented. And Aaron is also very talented. Yes, both very talented. They're basically revitalizing their the whole hometown. It's like maybe I should buy a house in Laurel. I mean, I could really get some nice bang for my buck down there. You, you buy a forty five thousand dollar house, you put in an eighty thousand dollar investment, and all of a sudden you've got like a three bedroom, two bath, sprawling um, craftsman, mid century modern farmhouse thing. <laughs> yeah, I know it's unbelievable how cheap it is down there. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. Bridget, did our stories about our dad kind of bring anything up for you? Did you make thoughts, business ideas, anything? Well, yes, I did. I did. Let me see. The, 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 the coin collecting um, in particular, well, I wrote a little note on each one. Um, Ooh, nothing wow. drilling or and nothing drilling, anything that you can certainly trash at any time. Um, <laughs> the coin collecting reminded me of when I was little, um, these were like business things, but my mom would always give us um, either Susan B. Anthony coins or she would collect any coin, nickels, pennies, quarters that had our birth dates on them. And she still she still did it up until like we put her in a nursing home a while ago. Like, <laughs> so I have like all these 1972 coins, which is when I was born. But the other thing she do, does is get these $2 bills and that's what she gives everybody for Christmas every year. So I have a, a, a collection of $2 bills, which isn't really a business, but it's, um, but it's a way to some connective tissue, I guess, you know, that ties us, the bear and the ever household together. Definitely. <laughs> I love that. Not, it's a stretch. It ties and us then, together. 
hypnotized together. I'm just always looking for common ground with people because, uh, you know, I, um, because I live alone, I got no one to talk to. So here we are. <laughs> and then you talked about gyros, 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 gyros. <laughs> I have no idea. Where is? Is it? Is it? Gyros. I always thought it was gyros, but then I feel like everyone corrects me and says heroes. So, but don't I'm some not people sure. say euros? Or that's no. a form of currency. That's a currency. Yeah, no one calls them euros. <laughs> I don't think heroes. I feel like I, it, it depends what time of night. There's like there used to be this place on like um, what was that street down there? It's in the West Village, and there was like a place on the corner. And if you got really drunk, McDougal. There, yeah, like right in that you know that little. Yeah. I think it just closed. Like maybe it was like a a few years ago but it they had a really nasty like can you eat that like at two in the morning or four in the morning and smell like it for the next 48 hours but it was worth it but <laughs> but we didn't know in kansas there was nothing like that but we had steakums did you guys have steakums yep yes do you remember those yes just like little meat sliver crepes pancakes <laughs> did they come did you where did you get them did you get them from like a restaurant type place or did you get them frozen like at the grocery store and like yeah. the, in the sort of somewhere between the meat and the bacon section would be like this. But it, it felt very, uh, very high dollar in our household. Very, very, because, um, you know, we just had like chili and chicken fried steak and cow tongue and shit like that for dinner. <laughs> cow tongue? Yeah, that was a, those was a, those were some dark days. <laughs> that was something yeah. my dad liked to make. Did you guys have cow tongue? We, he our would order it. Like it we wouldn't make it in our, oh. it, we, like our mom wouldn't make it and he wouldn't make it in our house or anything, but we would go to restaurants and I feel like he'd always be ordering like cow tongue if that was an option or like what sweetbreads, which is like brains of, yeah, yeah. equally gross, right? Like, mm, I love yeah. sweetbreads. And we'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Another thing our dad would do, Vanessa, I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, is if we went out to a restaurant, he would take <laughs> yeah. part of our food and eat yeah. it. And he would say, this is taxes. He'd be like, I'm going to take taxes. We have not. That part of our food. And I think I didn't understand what taxes were like at that point in my it's life. It's kind of how I learned what taxes were. But yeah, he'd go like taxes <laughs> and he'd take some of our food. <laughs> what a sweet thing to be able to have a meal with your father. I don't know that I did too much of that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We were just talking about this New Yorker feature and it gets so deep into your childhood and all that stuff. I mean, what was that like? Um, what was that? Have you spoken about that stuff a lot? Or is that I mean, obviously it's a big part of humor as well? Well, I think like when I'm on stage, like I talk about my family just because it's, I don't know, it's, it's like a fun thing to talk about. Like I try not to be hurtful or whatever. I don't want to like drag my family, but um I don't know. You know, he, he just kept, he spent a lot of time with these people, especially when they're doing like something in New Yorker. It's, you know, it's going to be more than like your standard three paragraphs of, you know, where are you from? Where'd you get started? Blah, blah, blah. And like, they just ask questions. And, and I've known Michael Shulman, who wrote it for a while and I just felt comfortable. So I just start, you just start talking and you're like, I said that. And then I was on my family zoom and I was like, you know, I think he wants to talk, you know, he wants also wants to talk to one of my siblings. So my brother Brock did it. And then Brock really, Brock talked to him for like 30 minutes and got into some real, <laughs> real personal family secrets. And I was like, okay, well, I guess my dad's dead and my mom can't remember anything. So right, probably, right, right, right. It was now. a really great article. Um, <laughs> it was really, it was really, I mean, 
it was nice to see such a full, like long article on you and, and hear more about your life and your career and stuff. There was even having known you for as long as I have, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't even know. So thanks to Brock, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I sort of have two minds. Like there's people that like share everything on social media and talk about themselves incessantly and share their days and what they're drinking for coffee and brushing them, their right. teens and the teeth in the bathroom and you know, yeah. taking a shit. I'm just like, stop, stop. But then here I am in the pages of the New Yorker just being like, well, you know, it was a, it was a dark childhood. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, but I guess because I think it's in the New Yorker, maybe it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, what I was, I was, I was impressed by the fact that you worked at the original PF Chang's. I didn't know there was an original. One. <laughs> I thought it was just like a made up thing. Like it's just a corporate chain or something. Well, it, it didn't used to be every, every legacy, every story, every championship team right. has its beginning, right. you know, has its first. And, and I worked there. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was like the cool place to be. And like Charles Barkley used to come in there all the time with all these like sports heroes. And I, I remember like Greg Luganus yeah. came in there. You guys know Greg Luganus? Yeah, Big Dagger, And like, like, and then, I mean, every single celebrity that came through Phoenix, but because Charles Barkley, and this was during like the, his, his, uh, his heyday at the, in the Phoenix suns, like he would come in with Michael Jordan and Larry bird and, and Payne Stewart and like all these, like Ahmad, Ahmad Rashad. And like, I don't know, just, and the nature boy, Ric Flair, which for me was a real highlight, sure. <laughs> but, but just, uh, an incredible, it was a real touch with a, a little bit of fame, you know, like, Seeing what a, if you if you put your mind to it, you can achieve something in life. <laughs> Not being a waitress at PF Chang's, but like seeing all these incredible athletes and everything. It said in the article that you also like sang at like sports events and stuff. Was that related to that? Was that like sort of? Yeah, because um, they just bring training games down there, and so uh, Mark yeah. McGuire from the St. Louis Cardinals was was there, and and Dusty Baker was the manager for the San Francisco Giants, and so they all knew I was a singer and I was a regular waitress for them. And so like, Oh, you got to come by and sing the national anthem at the game. And I remember like going there and seeing the national anthem and like, and Martin McGuire, who was sort of known as like, kind of like a, I don't know. Some people thought he was like kind of a prick, you know, like he had these like weird sort of rumors that followed him around, but, but I loved him. I thought it was, first of all, it was super hot. Second of all, it was <laughs> really nice tipper, very sweet. And then I like, came out of the dugout to cheer me on while I was, you know, oh, singing my God. the national anthem. So it was it was really sweet. And the same thing with Dusty Baker at the, at the San Francisco Giants. So it's pretty cool. It's a cool time. That's really cool. But now I'm on this podcast, though. So, you know, Woo! I'm doing. So now I'm you've really made uh, made it. Uh, you know, <laughs> something that I really liked about reading that article too is like. I think that like your persona on stage is like, obviously you're like very sassy, brassy and you're like that in real life too. Okay. <laughs> and you're such a like kind and sweet person. And so I think it's nice that people get to hear more about like who you are behind the, behind the persona. And and speaking of which it, it, this new show that you have coming out on HBO, somebody somewhere, it sounds like it's kind of loosely based on your life. And, and that might, that will be another opportunity for people to kind of see the real Bridget Everett. Yeah, a little a peek behind the, the titties and the motor button. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes out January 16th, is that right? Yeah, it comes out January 16th. There's seven episodes and um, streams on HBO Max, but I'm sure you can watch it on HBO proper too. Yeah. Amazing. And 
P.F. Chang is not an act. Is that an actual person named P.F. Chang or no? <laughs> Jonah's real stuck on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. P.F. is for Paul Fleming and Chang is Philip <gasps> Chang. Philip Chang opened like Paul Fleming's like he did like a, a Fleming's restaurant, a re- Fleming steakhouse that we got one in in um, Woodmere, Ohio. Oh, yeah. See, see, there you go. And then Philip Chang owned, uh, I think it was called the Mandarin in Beverly Hills. And he was like, he designed the menu and Paul Fleming was like, there was like another steakhouse he was running at the time. I can't remember what it was. It was like Ruth, Ruth Chris. I think he was like behind the man behind Ruth Chris Whoa. steakhouse or something. So they came together and developed this. And yeah, there was only one PF Chang's for a really long time. And then, you know, now you can go eat a chicken lettuce wrap at the airport in Detroit, you know, which I have done many times. Oh, it yeah. was huge when we got one. I feel like they should hook you up with like a, some like, like a sponsorship or like free stuff. Cause like, you know, you work there. The only person I know that likes free stuff more than me is um, <laughs> Vanessa. Yes. <laughs> well, clearly you can see where we come from the same mind. <laughs> I like free stuff. I never seem to get any, although my friend did send me some slippers today, but those were really more of a belated Christmas present, but it's still free. <laughs> yeah. I love free stuff. And Bridget knows it. <laughs> Vanessa was giving me like, oh, I can't tell you because you might have to, I don't want you to get in trouble, but there's a, but Vanessa's always like, you know, I've got this uh, 40% off coupon at a such and such a retail oh, yes. situation. If you want to buy yourself a blah, 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 all you have to do is log into my blah, 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 and then put the oh, blah, yeah. blah. But you know, people are doing that kind of thing all over the country. People are using people's logins for their, you know, HBO, HBO Max, Netflix, everything, you know, and I, for some reason, I don't know, I, I pay for everything. I pay for all my own subscriptions. And I, I'd like that to stop now. I would like a complimentary. I'd like some, something complimentary from PF Chang's. If, if that's all that I get today <laughs> out of doing this podcast, it'll have been worth it. I want to make a connecting flight through Detroit and I want to stop in there. I want to sit up at the bar when it's safe, you know, and then and I'll sit there and I'll order a glass of Chardonnay and a chicken lettuce wrap. And I would like to say, I'd like my check, please. And they said, that won't be necessary, Miss Everett. You have a wonderful day. We heard about you on the Bears podcast and you are not paying a dime. That's all yeah. I want. <laughs> I think I it's see possible. It happening. Yeah. I see it definitely happening. <laughs> yeah, especially, I, yeah. Yeah. HBO Max should definitely hook you up. I mean, come on. I know, but I pay for my own. <laughs> well, Bridget. I can give you my yeah. HBO login, if nothing else. I'll give you my <laughs> HBO login. Jonah uses it. But, but I also want them to have enough money that they can, you I know. know. That's how I feel about Showtime for my show, where I'm like, am I borrowing someone else's Showtime? No. But um, do, I, <laughs> do I also want them to be, like, making money, especially once my show comes out? I want it to seem, you know, I want to there to be an increase in subscribers. So, you know, I, I already belong to Showtime. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to cancel my subscription. And when yeah. your show comes out, I'm going to repurchase. I'm going to re-up to like, what is it? $10 a month, you know, or something like yeah, that. It's, yeah. I'm going to do the same it. thing with HBO. I'm going to cancel now. <laughs> and as then someone in- who doesn't have a TV show on like a, a, a cool network, uh, <laughs> like, do you do you sort of start like rooting for the net? Or are you like when something good comes out, you're like, oh, yes, this is good. You mean like like sister shows on on your on your own network? Or yeah, I guess like if if like Bridget's like HBO gets like a cool documentary or something that gets you know are you like okay this is good for me this is good I'm, I'm part oh, yeah. of this team. Oh yeah, I feel like the better the numbers are, you know, it's like when when mom or dad do good at Christmas time or the holidays <laughs> and they get a nice bonus, you know, all right. the kids are getting a gift. 
you know, but if, if their hours have been cut down or they're not getting the bonus or, or whatever the case may be, maybe you're not going to get a present at Christmas time. And I would like my, my present to be a season two. So I, you know, so whatever the case may be, you know, euphoria or any documentary or succession, I want those shows to kill it. And then I want them to reach back behind them and lift up somebody somewhere and say, you got to bring along my sister's show for a season two. That's all I want, you know? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, Jonah, to make it more relatable to you, it's kind of like when dad (laughs) sold Amway. You probably wanted Amway to do really well and people to be buying Amway products and stuff because it would help dad. Yeah. (laughs) Help the family. Thank you for putting that in terms that I could understand. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe that I actually know somebody that has um, an Amway connection. Like, I had always heard about it. I knew that it was a thing, but it's it's wild to like to know that you guys are like uh you're part of that Amway legacy. Well, well it's also like we had to go to so many bar and bat mitzvahs. We came from a super Jewish area. So probably for our dad, it was great. Cause you had to give so many gifts. Like that's just yeah. checking boxes for Amway. Yeah. <laughs> and again, they have all kinds of house supplies. Like we were using all their cleaning products. We were using, you know, again, shout out to artistry makeup. <laughs> Two questions. Were the house products, were they high quality? And second second question, does Amway still exist? Great questions. The first question I'll answer while it looks like <laughs> Jonah is looking up the second one. Um, I remember f- my sense, and I don't want to burn Amway because they could at any point become a sponsor if they still exist. <laughs> my sense was the cleaning products weren't great. The only reason I say that is because I remember using like the paper towels and the toilet paper and being like, this isn't the best, but Which, we that also, tells you all you need to know, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't like a family that bought like super fancy toilet paper, or paper towels or anything. But I just remember being like, oh, this stuff is kind of like, so, so it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. I can't speak to all the bar and bat mitzvah kids who got the gifts. I don't know what those, if those were high quality but jonah any news on it looks like it's still around but they've had a lot of legal issues really (laughs) they've been investigated by the federal trade commission for alleged pyramid scheme practices never been found guilty but they paid tens of millions of dollars to settle these suits doesn't seem like a good sign so how much toilet paper are they actually selling if they can be paying out tens of millions of dollars on a lawsuit? It's I know. I guess a lot. I guess. Um, yeah, there's a whole art- article about about their artistry land of skincare and cosmetics and anti-aging creams. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Got it. I, You know, I'm looking up to see there was this guy who was like a, my my friend from growing up's dad and he was he was an emerald level Amway salesperson. Like <laughs> he was really high up and he would be in the magazines and stuff. And I was just looking up to see if he was still involved. And Am- Amway like almost executive in some ways. Like yeah. Senior sales. Like he had sold yeah. the, the way you the way you build, you know, the way you progress there is you get people selling under you. Even yeah. more than using the products. It's you got to get pe- other salespeople. Is, this is controversial, but are Girl Scout cookies in a way kind of like that? Because you get your, you get your den moms, you get your, the kids, they're selling stuff. I don't know. Yeah. All, it seems weird to make little eight-year-old girls go out and sell cookies. It does. I wonder if that's still a, still a thing. Is that it still is. A thing? It is? I brought oh, yeah, some from so- my neighbor like a, 
I don't know, a year ago or something. But yeah, they still exist. And I wonder if it's different because the money all goes to the Girl Scouts. But like, is someone making a lot of money on Girl Scout cookies? If anyone's going to find out, it's Jonah, because Jonah loves (laughs) to put these CEOs in the spotlight on our podcast and really take them down. Yeah, hopefully I can do it at some point this episode. But yeah, Yeah. um, I like taking down CEOs. That's kind of my hobby on this podcast. I mean, I do still want to be able to get the cookies because I, you know, for nostalgia, every like five five years or so, I'll buy like 10 boxes. They're so yeah. good. What's your favorite? I like those. Uh, there's the the two different kinds of peanut butter ones, the peanut butter ones that are covered with the chocolate and then the yeah. ones that are more traditional peanut butter cookies with the peanut butter filling. And then, of course, yes. those, um, the coke. what are the, the pinwheels? They're called, called Coconut like, Delights now, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those they used are to be called a pinwheel or does it? I think they used to be called Samoas and there was... <gasps> Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Tagalongs okay. and dosidos are the ones that you like, Bridget. That's what our producer Olivia said. But don't oh, you yeah, think you they're guys- probably now it's like gluten free and like they probably have all these like healthy ones now, I bet. Shana? I think they do, but uh, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, speaking of tagalongs, we're going to take a, I don't know. You guys, I tried something. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with Bridget Everett. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Bridget, we asked, you know, as we do, for you to think of something nostalgic to talk about today, something Mm -hmm. from your childhood. And you wanted to talk about backyard swing sets. Now, what I was was told was to pick pick a nostalgic thing. I didn't realize we were going to talk about it. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I I can wing it. Well, no, I mean, you don't have to have done any kind of research. That's what we do because we have no life. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a swing set growing up? Yeah, we did. And, um, you know, I grew up in Kansas, right? I'm the youngest of six. So there had been one in our backyard for a number of years. It wasn't like a cool one. It wasn't like, you know, there was no swinging tire or whatever. It was just your basic like you know, what's that like sort of like a, a seesaw, but that was that swung back and forth. Um, and then a, like a slide and some steps and like a bar that you can sort of whatever. But the thing was, is like, none of my, my friends would ever want to be on the thing that like swung back and forth because I'm, I've always been a big bone, you know, <laughs> girl. <laughs> and I, I've always had like a lot of power. So my best friend, Stephanie, was probably a third of my size, um, even even to this day. Um, and we would go back and forth and swing back and forth. And I, I just didn't know what I was doing. So, oh, yeah, there was a swing to go. Anyway, so we would go. And I remember she flew off the back, but I kept going. And she tried to stand up, <gasps> or she stood up. And the thing came back, and it just took the skin off from her, like from her collarbone up to the <gasps> end of her chin. <laughs> Oh my gosh. She she just, I mean, it wasn't like bloody, but it was just like that, a a skin rash, you know, it had grazed her skin and I, and I couldn't stop. And she just was sort of standing there. And (sighs) then I remember my brother just started being like, uh, you okay, Stephanie? She's like, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Am I bleeding? (laughs) There was, there was no like health and safety uh, measurements around this uh, swing set, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it was, I should probably still sue, so maybe I should stop talking. Do you guys have any uh, any angles? Well, on we had sense? like kind of a well. What that made me think of, I mean, we had a we had when we moved into our house, there was a tetherball um, <gasps> thing oh, in yeah. the backyard, 
we did some research on swing sets and a lot of stuff that we would play with as children have now been like outlawed or like, you know, new, new swing sets don't include them, but, and tetherball courts, Jonah did some research. Tetherball courts are one of them, but we had a thing <coughs> where like, we figured out that if you just hit the ball really high on the tetherball court and we had them in our playground at school too, but we had one in our backyard, which was like a real thing. Anyways, if you just hit the ball really high, then the other person just, you would just beat the other person. And so getting that, you could almost call them solo private lessons in your backyard. Then when you would go to school and play or whatever, it was like, yeah, you would just beat everybody because you just knew you just had to get the ball above everybody's head. But then did you ever do the thing like when you would try to catch it when it would be high up there and it would start and it would swing really, really fast and go all the way and then like wrap around your wrist super, super tight. Totally. Until your hand until your hand could almost, you know, just um, pop off like a little zit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, th- I think you weren't, you were supposed to like hit it. You weren't allowed to like palm it, but. Yeah. Um, but if you're trying to stop it, you put your hand up and, right, and the ball, right, like the, right. the rope would just like wrap around your arms. Um, I love tetherball, even tetherball, even with those, those um, safety issues, I found it to be exciting and sort of like a great equalizer of a game. You know, it's like, Maybe it's because I was tall, so that's why I liked it. But tall people love love basketball, tetherball. Yeah. They have a huge <laughs> advantage. I think that's why I loved it because I was so unathletic, and all I had to do was be able to reach my arm high, which I was taller <laughs> than all my friends, and I could just beat everybody. But it feels yeah. like if if you showed it to like kids today, like probably like me and Vanessa in like the eighties in our backyard, like hitting a ball that's like on a tire with like a stick, like it probably looks like it's like from like the nineteen forties or something. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun, like, I, out of all, like, the things, uh, you know, from, I think, I'm not even just saying this, I think about tetherball from time to time and how I miss it. I miss, like, you know, kickball, don't care. Yeah. You know, swinging, okay, sure. Seesaw is fine. But tetherball was always fun. Yeah. I agree. Oh. I agree. And I'll, I, and I'll say this. Look a lot of tetherball is like outlawed. I can, I can give you some more details on that. But the one thing that, that I don't think is outlawed yet, although maybe I'm wrong is um, dodgeball and otherwise known as, uh, well, I guess most people call it dodgeball, but I think we called it something (laughs) different in gym class, but we would play dodgeball in gym class. And these, there are these boys who would just like slam the ball. Like they would just like whip it at you and you would get hit so hard and I just think that the whole point of dodgeball of just hitting other kids is so stupid and so bad. And I, even when I was a kid, I remember being in like fifth grade, probably really cool to hang out with and being like, this game is like not appropriate for kids to be playing right now. Like, why are we trying right. to hit each other with a ball? Yeah, because like even an eight year old, eight years old, there's going to be one kid, you know, like little Ugh. Scotty Marshall that's got the arm, you know, like his artist got huge guns and just would throw it and like tag him ankles and so you sort of swipe you down yeah those little like every grade has them that one or two little sociopaths get the ball (laughs) well it's also like what you're not supposed to hit people in the head but like how are you supposed to have good aim like you know like well also we're all different heights at that point too so it's like it's not like we're uniform and in life but also, like, when I did it, when I was a kid, like, you would hit each other in the head and everybody would laugh. Like, the coach right. would, or the, the teacher would laugh. Like, it was, I don't know, but maybe those were 
those are different times. You can't really get away with that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I certainly hope that that game has been banned. But unfortunately, so is Tetherball, according to this one article by this one guy who seems really upset about <laughs> anything that's been banned from playgrounds. Well, you know, it's also, but also kind of a violent game was Red Rover. Because like people, yeah. you yes. Red Rover and, you, oh, yeah. and you would just like absolutely just be gripping each other and people just trying to rip through your arms. And I mean, it's a miracle that nobody's, I'm sure they did like shoulders got dislocated and things, but like, we were just like, I remember just people just absolutely violently pummeling through your arms. Yeah. That also was a really dangerous game. Yeah. That was a dangerous one. I mean, here are some other playground toys. This is from uh playgroundprofessionals.com. Uh, I don't know how legit <laughs> this is, but it's, they say merry-go-rounds, teeter-totters, metal slides, Wooden or metal swings, monkey bars, geodesic domes, tetherball, all these things are um, not in playgrounds anymore. Well, so what, what is? Like, what, do you, what can you do? You get on those, like, little, like a little horsey and balance or something. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, stuff is plastic now instead of metal. But I don't know exactly what you can do. Maybe tic-tac-toe, maybe a big, a sandbox, maybe. I think you can go on swings. You can go on slides if they're not metal, you know. Swings were also a problem for me too, because it's that another one of those <clears throat> not understanding your own power and sort of, you know, get yeah. going like super high and then not knowing how to get out and everybody's just like jump, but you don't jump until you know, like I'd always jump too late, you know, and I'd be like yeah. way high in the air and it would never end well. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember is this like a myth? Like <laughs> sorry. Did people ever swing all the way around on a swing? <laughs> no, I feel like Vanessa, I've, you've been saying this your entire life. Well, no, what I've been saying my entire life is that I used to have dreams that I would jump down our stairs from the top stair to the bottom. Then I tried to do it once when I was awake because I thought it wasn't a dream. And I realized that the ceiling wouldn't allow for it in terms of just like the geometry of it. Like I'd have to get like a higher arc to be able to get to the bottom. It wouldn't work. But a swing going around the whole way. Did anyone ever do that? Did kids used to do that? No, right? I, I in, in my day, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm sure it's happened in the history of the world, but I, I never heard of like it being a thing, really. Because you'd have to really have so much you'd speed, have to have or a else... lot of momentum. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you're watching the Olympics and they go all they're like on the you know they got their two arms on the the single bar, or whatever. And think right. of all the momentum it takes them to get them to swing all the way around. Yeah, and they're, yeah. And they're, and they're professionals. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I could check out this Playground Professional site some more. Maybe they got an article on that. Yeah, I guess the point is playgrounds are not what they used to be. And I think it's good in some cases and bad in others. <laughs> well, from a, yeah, I guess, a, a, again, a health and safety standpoint, it's probably a good thing. But for like people that really like to, you know, have fun, I don't know. They might be missing out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I bet you, do you think, like, kids in school now are, like, don't even want to go outside and play? They want to, like, just, like, text each other or something? Yeah, they're probably just out there on their phones, you Yeah, know? they're like, probably just out there on their phones, right? Making, making TikTok videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if at school, like, at a certain point, like, your phone isn't allowed. Like, like you, you have to, like, put it away and you can only use it for emergencies. That's what I would say if I was the teacher. Well, my brother's a teacher and he says the kids have their phone in class, which is, seems kind of wild that like you wouldn't just get put in in-school suspension. But I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just it's just lawless now. Maybe it's the Wild West. Like it's cool to be on your phone. Yeah. Do you remember those like graphing calculators? 
Oh yeah. Um, T- Texas Instruments. Yeah. Bridget, do you oh, remember yeah. those? Like, and it was like, you'd have to hide them. Like you couldn't use them during tests sometimes. Cause you could like type answers to stuff into like the, there was like a note section. And yeah. now it's like kids have this device where you could like literally look up the answer to any question ever. So yeah. there must be like all of these cheating protocols for phones. If we had them for those calculators, which was like so hard to cheat with anyways. Yeah. When I, did you guys, when you had calculators, I was, I still do it. I write out boobless. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Everybody would write that out. Yeah. I still, I still do it. It's still funny. I'm sorry. Do it. You know, maybe tomorrow when you're bored, just put boobless on your calculator. You're going to, you're going to laugh. I know you've had some of, some of the the brightest minds and best comedians (laughs) in the world on this podcast. But has anybody ever given any, put a smile on people's faces like boobless on a calculator? Well, I don't think so. I'll stop talking. You can fix that in post. Just no, that's a really, that's a really good point, Bridget. Thank you for that reminder. I'd like to know what other dirty words you can type out on a calculator. There can't be that many because it's hard to it's hard to get a word to show up in those. But there, I'm sure that's people true. figured it out. Well, Any other mix of those letters? I'll work on that. I'll, there's got to be a website. I'll look it up. Give me a nice break from spelling bee on the New York Times, which just shows me day in and day after day that I'm a real ding dong. Oh (laughs) man, you ever? ever, I mean, do you ever try the? Do you ever try the uh, crossword puzzles? No, I think that's. um, I just do the minis. I only do the the minis. The minis are good. The minis are good. When they're like, this is like the easiest level. It's still so hard. Yeah, you know, there's the in New York is the New York Post, the Daily News, and then the New York Times, and. I, when I used to wait tables, we would get the different, the various crossword puzzles, and I'd always get the New York Post because it was the easiest. And I'd get up to like Wednesday, and I'd be like, "Okay, I, I think I've had enough." Because <laughs> they get progressively harder each day, right? Yeah, they get Is progressively that, yeah. harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, times I just can't. I, I should try it more, but I get there's like a it's sort of self defeating in a way, or maybe not. That's not the right word. But, you know, just like my brain just doesn't think that way. You know, it's like I don't know. You know, I play the spelling bee on the New York Times. I go for the panogram and then I leave and I will never pay for it. <laughs> and then I play letterboxed. Do you play that one where you have to use all the letters and spell out words? Let me just say this. I just had such, they, it, it's such a passive aggressively set up game because they always solve it in two words. You have to use all these letters and they always do it in two words. It's like really hard. And um, the other day I did it in two words and it wrote, Congratulations, you did it in under six words. <laughs> and I was like, uh, fuck you. I did it in the two words. And then I looked it up the next day and th- I, they had used the same thing I used. I mean, they didn't copy it for me. They already had it. But like, it was just like, is this because I'm not paying for this that you guys are going to be like, oh, you did it in less than six. We love the New York Times, but their games people need to chill out. Smarty okay. pants. It's like smarty pants. People like to let you know they're smarty pants. And I don't always care for that unless I have a good day on spelling bee and I'm queen bee and then I'm, then I'm down with it. <laughs> yes. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Bridget Everett. Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, Bridget, we're so excited for this new game to play with you. Can't wait. Jonah, do you want to introduce the game and also give like a little bit of background of why 
it exists. Sure. Vanessa and I came up with this segment. We've been something that's come up a lot on this podcast is um, we talk a lot about snacks and TV shows and stuff from the 90s. You know, it's a nostalgia base. And a lot of people, when they want these things to come back, decide to go to change.org and make petitions, which it's <laughs> like, um, you know, probably for, not for, for, snacks? for snacks. For snacks. Yes. I mean, everything. Wow. But it's like, Probably the, the people who created change.org are probably like, okay, this is not exactly what our site's intended for, but but <laughs> listen, that's that's just the reality of what we're in. So we decided to go through change.org and find some of like the funniest um, petitions and just, just talk about them. So this is a segment that Vanessa came with the title. It's called change.dork. <laughs> change.dork. <laughs> Otherwise known as... That's almost as good as boobless. Sorry. Yes, yes. Otherwise known as let's make fun of people who don't know how to use change.org. And in this game, we're going to bring up three different nostalgic things people are trying to bring back on change.org, and we'll each vote for our favorite one. Okay. So here's the first one. I found this yeah. one. Um, this one is titled, Bring Back the $1 Beefy Frito Burrito at Taco Bell. Um Ooh. And, you know, the, the, the petition says the $1 Beefy Frito Burrito is a staple of Taco Bell, and recently the culinary masterpiece has been removed from the menu. My friends and I were extremely displeased <laughs> with the discovery of this unfortunate news, and I had the feeling like I need to lead this change for the better. I think that bringing back the Beefy Frito Burrito would be the change we need in 2020. Okay, so just a little more bullet points why you should bring it back. It's a great value. It's very tasty. Makes for an easy drive-through experience. Easy to eat while driving. Pack full of nutrients. Supports local dairy and beef farmers. These reasons and more should support the Beefy Frito Burrito make a comeback. A thousand and five people have signed this, and they're trying to get to fifteen hundred. Well, Jonah, have you lent your support? I, I have. I have not yet. Um, <laughs> what are your Bridget? What are your thoughts on uh, on this campaign? How you know this vital campaign? Well, I think that it's going to save you the $40 a month that you spend on probiotics because it's going to blow right through you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So that's a that's a big argument for it. And yeah. I think the name is Super Kitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it must have actual Fritos on it, right? Beefy Frito Burrito. And so that's another nostalgia thing. Like back at swim meets, you know, we used to get the Frito things and then with the, you know, the, the thing where they would open up and put like the chili and the Frito things which of the swim meet does seem to be like dancing with the devil. But, you know, oh yeah. Know. You know, you s all my closest friends growing up also swam and they would just eat like maniacs all the time because you're just oh, swimming yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So for those two reasons, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm behind it so far. What about you, Vanessa? Well, I want to hear Jonah's fact checking. First. Well, I just think there's a little, there's maybe some misinformation here. Yeah. <laughs> packed full of nutrients. Packed feels. full of nutrients. I think that's not true. Uh, yeah. Supports Support local dairy and beef farmers. I, I don't think Taco Bell is sourcing from lo like local farms. Yeah. It's not farm to bell, you know. It's not like... farm to bell. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like, I feel like the tone of this petition is like trying to sound way too serious. Like me and my friends mm -hmm. were extremely displeased. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. culinary masterpiece. It's like trying to like, I think it's just kind of trying too hard. You know, you could just be like, me and my buddies like this disgusting food. You know, I yeah, feel like they're, they're right. trying to elevate it too much and no one's buying it. What do right. you think, Vanessa? Well, I think no one's really policing 
that change.org as much again because they didn't think they'd have to probably and <laughs> well they're so, probably busy like working on actual social yeah, change. yeah 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 well <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna hold my judgment for now while i bring up this second uh change.org petition that i found um which is called require <laughs> require Maya bialik to dress like blossom when she hosts jeopardy um, <laughs> sold, sold. All I need is a name. All I need is that. This, <laughs> this guy petitioned Sony Pictures. Uh, this petition is to Sony Pictures. Um, oh yeah, was, yeah. We should point out really quick. You can direct the petition to someone. So the, my yeah. that last petition was to Taco Bell. Yeah, um, this, this one, one is to Sony and, Pictures, and it's yeah. called and it's called like a decider. Like it, like the decider is so the decider in this case is Sony Pictures. Um, this this petition was started four months ago. Nine people have signed. Actually. When I was looking at it last night, it went from eight to nine. Somebody signed while I was <laughs> watching. Which was felt it you? Incredible! Uh, yeah, it was, it was not me. It was not me. But I want you to hear what this, uh, what this clearly very, <laughs> very uh, down to earth person wrote. Um, Maya Bialik reportedly did pretty okay hosting Jeopardy, so they're bringing her back for more. We all know LeVar Burton is the better choice, but Mayim is fine if, in caps, she is required to dress like her beloved sitcom character Blossom while she hosts. This will bring much-needed joy to the people of America in these trying times and will probably increase viewership. So basically, it's a slam dunk. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well- look, Bridget, you seem to be on board right away. Well, actually, I've, I've, I've had a chance to, to <laughs> rethink and process this. Like for me, and, I, and I, this is actually something else that I think about from time to time, not just Tetherball, but this. It's that Maya Bialik, is that how you say her name? Yes. Maya Bialik? Yes. She's got too many pieces of the pie, right? She's, she did the, what was the one TV show that was like a super famous, fancy? Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. She, and she did The Blossom, right? She's now she's a show called Call Me Cap. I know. So now she's got Call Me Cat and she's dipping in on Jeopardy. I'm just saying that's a lot of pie. Like there's a lot of hungry people in show business. And even, as much as I, and I'd say like, let's have my, come in like for like a week and host for like a week or something. But like, but that's it. She's done enough. And even in the cute outfits, I think it's, she's got to step away and give somebody else a slice of the pie. Well, it sounds like you're uh, unrelated to this petition. You probably want to start your own petition called let my Bialik give <laughs> give away some pieces of the pie but that's what i need to do that's what i'll do but of course they you know call me tomorrow and say would you like to fly out to la to do an episode of call me cat of course i'm available of course i mean they'd be (laughs) so lucky what if they they said bridget we want you to host uh, a week of jeopardy would you do it i'd do it because you know what because i think that people need to see that there are all different sizes and shapes of intellectual ability and i would like to bring mine to the table at jeopardy i think alex trebek was obviously flawless, but now let's let's spin the wheel and let's you know dance around and see what see what the rest of America looks like when they're out there asking some questions. Well, Bridget, any of these shows would be so <laughs> lucky to have you, and and guess I hate to break it to everybody, but we're all lucky because we get to see your show January sixteenth on HBO. Somebody, 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 somebody somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> January sixteenth. Now, Jonah, there's one more petition that we want to put up. Wait, I didn't really get to oh. weigh in on this one. Oh, so sorry. Oh my God, Jonah. I'm this so sorry. Here, here's what I want to say. I, I know it doesn't say who this petition is by. I feel very confident in saying that a man wrote this petition. You're right. Yes. And I feel like like a man saying what a woman should wear on her at her job or whatever is not cool. And and I and I and I, and I say that also 
I think there's like a certain mentality with this that seems like very kind of immature. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, it just sounds like, like a certain kind of guy would be like, this is the thing I want to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good point, Jonah. It, it's, it feels kind of, it feels kind of sexist in a way. And it also feels, you know, by the way, since she left Blossom, which incredible show, and I love it so much. But since she left, she's like studied neuroscience. Yeah, she's like she a PhD. Was, she's a PhD. She, she she has done these other really successful shows. Like, stop putting her in a box. I think his name was Mark. I didn't write down his name. but Yeah, he might say, be the same as the beefy Taco Bell Frito-Lay guy. <laughs> For all we know. <laughs> For all we know, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a really good point too. It's like, it's so, it feels so like gross for him to be like, wear your blossom costume. It's like, Hey, sir, why don't you, why don't you wear your clothes from, you know, 20, 30 years ago? I bet they sucked then and they suck now. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is our last one. Uh, number three, this one is directed at MTV, you, the American people, Congress and Barack Obama. <laughs> okay, let's hear <laughs> it. <laughs> and and this was made while Barack Obama was president. Just to okay, give you a little got context. it. Got it. Okay. It's called Make MTV Lit Again, and it says MTV sucks. <laughs> Two exclamation points. Remember how cool it used to be? I once saw an eight-minute music video on MTV, and I was like, "Whoa! I didn't know a song could be that long. It changed my life. Now I can't even pay attention in life for like two mins. Nonetheless, eight. What has happened? Is MTV responsible? Yes. But how do we fix this? Easy. We fire <laughs> we fire everyone at MTV and put me and Barack Obama in charge. That man's <laughs> living life now. He knows how to make MTV lit. Come on. Don't you want change? Of course you do. This petition is closed and it had 10 supporters. Um, <laughs> I actually, I wish they would bring that one back because now if you go by MTV... Um, it's just that Rob Deerdeck guy, like getting whatever his show is called. What's it called? I don't, is, is that like a show where it's just like basically watching clips from YouTube or something? Yeah. And I, I, I why can't they watch a clip of a music video? <laughs> like, ridiculousness. Ridiculousness. Yeah. Ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, watch some actual music I video. know. What is, I mean, Bridget, you probably don't know this, but we've started talking about it a lot. Our, we've found out that we're just in cousins with Ricky Rackman of Head, Headbangers Ball. Oh, wow. Way to bury the lead. Okay. Yes. Yes. Who just got married. So congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to our cousin, Ricky Rackman. My friend Um, Ricky used to uh, be engaged to Kurt Loder. Okay. Whoa. uh, Yeah. I waited tables with my friend Nikki and she left uh, the original Ruby Foos on the Upper West Side and and, and was engaged to Kurt Loder for a while. Wow. (laughs) I remember once at SNL. Oh, first of all, our stage manager used to work at all those MTV. She worked at the John Stewart show and she, Jenna, and she also worked at um, Remote Control. And once we were rehearsing, I don't know if he was there to visit her, but Chris Conley came and was like, was like observing a rehearsal. And I remember I was like geeking out and she was like, he was the movie him? guy, right? He was the movie guy. Exactly. Yes. Chris Conway. Well, and- let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Can we vote yet or it's not time to vote? Uh, so okay. is there anything else we want to say about... Okay, so I mean, I, I actually think Barack Obama would actually... Being in charge of programming would be pretty cool for MTV. I think it would be yeah. way cooler than it is now. Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of cool documentaries. He's good taste in music. So I actually support this. I know he's going to be co-running it with this guy who wrote this petition who doesn't really sound maybe... He's a presidential level as far as, you know, uh, 
anything. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's tough. It's tough. But I, I think it couldn't couldn't be that much worse. I liked him. I thought he didn't. He got straight to it. He didn't That's talk true. any bullshit. That's the BG true. Taco guy was all about the bullshit. Yeah. The other guy was trying You're to right. keep the woman down. And You're this right. guy's just like fucking trying to get ridiculousness or whatever, whatever the thing was off the air. I'm like, get some fucking music videos back. And we all like, let's get, let's put Missy Elliott back in business. Let's give, and Janet Jackson, let's get them making videos again. I'm sure they probably are, but you don't see them because there's no MTV. So, right, right, right. I'd, so I'd like yeah. to see more of that. I like the directness. You're right. That's true. This guy's beating him. He only has 10 supporters. He doesn't care. Right, 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 right. You know, I, I look, I'll say um, it does seem like he talks about one of his main points that he makes is that he once saw an eight minute video on MTV and he didn't know a song could be that long, which seems like that sort of could he could have list uh, that seems less related to MTV. And then now his attention span is only two minutes and not eight minutes. Again, seems kind of unrelated to MTV being lit or not but well he's, he needs to look up a little something called purple rain okay and have his mind expand and like learn a little something about real history yeah purple and rain, maybe and, a, and after purple rain maybe look up november rain yeah yeah sure another Stephanie very Seymour. long good song now, oh yeah oh stephanie seymour went yeah and she was married to axel rose for what two months remember jonah loves axel rose and now she's married to some billionaire, right? I hope so. She should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Well, no, I just want to say that you guys have really brought me uh, over. Uh, look, if I have to jump on one of these petitions and and do it, I think I agree. I think the winner is make MTV lit again for the reason alone that having Barack Obama be in charge, even partially of MTV, <laughs> seems like a better idea than the than these other two ideas of having. Maya Bialik dressed like Blossom when she hosts Jeopardy or of bringing back the Frito whatever Taco Bell thing from this guy who's like so self-serious and is spewing a bunch of bullshit facts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just That guy That guy was patting himself on the back the entire time he was writing out his little petition. Wait till I, wait till I show my friends this. Yeah, he you was know, like, I'm going to use the word displeased and everyone's yeah. going to be impressed. Yeah, can you imagine how, how this guy felt when he hit a thousand signatures? I mean, oh I, mean I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> must have blown his mind. I mean, this is probably like the he's greatest probably moment. so yeah. confident. You know, oh, yeah. I I wonder if he. Uh, I wonder if he's one of these CEOs that we brought up earlier. I wonder if possibly. he possibly possibly possibly. I bet you if they bring if they do bring this thing back, talk about you know he'll probably be like, oh, that was because of me. Um, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and for that reason alone is why we need to support make MTV lit again over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and if you're listening to this, unfortunately, you can't support this, um, right? Because it's closed. But but you can support a lot of actual real causes on Change.org. So yeah, and a lot of very stupid things too. <laughs> and a lot of very <laughs> stupid things, as we've discovered, and and we'll keep keep discovering in future episodes of this podcast. So, so you know, stay tuned for that. I feel like our first ever Change.org went really well. Yeah. What do you think, Bridget? If it were for the fact that I. Uh... You know, I should make myself dinner at some point. I could stick around here talking about change.org all night. <laughs> well, no, you should make yourself dinner at some point. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so, so great to have you on. And uh, where can people kind of find out more about you, about the show? What's the best way to kind of, you know, stay on top of that? You can call me. My number is <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> or stop by... Um, 
I love to go to the Starbucks on 107th and Broadway. <laughs> I moved it there on Tuesdays at noon. Um, or just, you know, just rage tweet at me. Just rage and tweet. What's your Twitter and your social media name? Is Well, I'm trying to get off Twitter, but, 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 but I'm like yeah. at Brid- Bridget Everett on all the major platforms. Great. Um, and you can also find out more about me on uh, every Sunday night starting January 16th, <gasps> watching a show called Somebody Somewhere starring... You know, I'm also an executive producer, and I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of Bridget Everett uh, on the on the on the dance floor. In there. So that's- and so everybody unsubscribe from HBO and then resubscribe. <laughs> yeah, r- right before. And if this is aired by the time the show comes out, then subscribe. Yeah, any of that, and then and also get ready to subscribe to Showtime, and then uh, also Amway.com to support both <laughs> Vanessa and Jonah and their new pursuits. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll decide whether we're going to become salespeople. We probably will, but I'm, I'm about to. I got to do something. You know, all this COVID. I gotta I gotta make money somehow. You know, I, I shot a TV show, but that was forever ago. You know, the, yeah. Use this time wisely. Well, we can put you in touch with our dad, and maybe you yeah, know, he's got some, some yeah, ideas, some pointers. Yeah, sell some coins, sell yeah. some gold, whatever. We'll figure maybe it out. Take these two dollar, these vintage two dollar bills I have, map them, frame them, put them on Etsy. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. Seal them with a kiss and sell them. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bridget. Thank you to everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed uh, this podcast, please subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones like backyard swing sets. Thank you, Bridget. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? 
head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 